Hello, 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 and welcome back to Deconstructing Disney here on the Commented Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the making, origin, and lasting impact of Disney films. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. And on this lovely October evening, where we will be diving into the Disney film, 1950s Cinderella. Woo! Yay! Um... We've all watched Cinderella before this, right? Yeah, I definitely yes. have. Yeah, yes. I saw it when I was a kid, like a couple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, here are our weekly podcast reminders. Make sure you drink your water, put on your sunscreen, wash your hands, wear a mask. That's simple, that easy. We hope you're having a great fall. It's been raining. We also hit another milestone on our podcast listen. So thank you guys for enjoying us and all of our talkativeness. We appre- we really do appreciate it, y'all. Um, don't feel shy. Come talk to us on Twitter. Somebody's always online and willing to do a gift fight with you. If anybody wants to gift fight me, just send me a gift. Send us a gift with no context and we can just do that for a few minutes. Okay. So... 1950s Cinderella. This is a star-studded cast. This is a movie that literally saved Disney's behind, and we'll learn about that later. But it came out February 15th, 1950 in Boston, and March 4th, 1950, I think, across the United States. It was directed by Clyde Germani, Hamilton Lutz, Wolford Jackson. Um, it's based off Charles Perrot, a French writer's Cinderella um, the actresses in Cinderella I thought was the most interesting, so we're going to highlight them. Verna Felton plays the fairy godmother. She also plays Mrs. Jumbo and Queen. She also plays Mrs. Jumbo, the Queen of Hearts, Sarah and Lady in the Tramp, Flora, and the Queen in Sleeping Beauty. Um, Eleanor Aldi, she plays the stepmother, Maleficent, Madame Lota in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. And then we have Helene Stanley, who plays the live-action um, figure for Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and the lead female character from 101 Dalmatians. Now, let's start with recapping. We have a lovely kingdom in some time in Europe. We have no idea where it is. A lot of my sources or a lot of people are saying it's like 14th century France or whatever. We have a dad. I think he was a general in the army. I think that's what they said. He's a dad, he's widowed, and he's raising his beautiful Cinderella. She's daddy's little girl. She gets everything she wants. She's getting pampered and great. But he thought that she needed the love of a mother. So he decides to marry some na- lady named Lady Tram, who's a widow and has two daughters of her own. So after they do this little hitch getting married thing, Cinderella, I mean, Cinderella's daddy dies. And unfortunately, jealous of cinderella's beauty her stepmother and her two awful children decide they're going to make her a scullery maid in her own fucking house if this happened in 2021 i would have just called her a witch and had her you know burned at the stake that was me that's me cinderella's far better person than i am so she basically becomes a maid at her own house to Grisella and Anastasia. Oh, not Grisella. Why do I keep calling her Grisella? Grisella and Anastasia. They take um, 
advantage of her meekness. I don't think she's meek. I don't like describing her like that. They basically mock her. They're jealous. She's pretty. She can sing. She can do everything that they can't. And so we start this movie off with Cinderella's in bed and there are mice (laughs) everywhere. Let's be very honest. This is a real story. The amount of rodents in this house would be alarming. (laughs) Cleaning all shit and all day, and we got mice in the house. Like, (laughs) come on now. But you know, since this is 14th century France, having that many rodents in your house is probably not surprising. (laughs) Um, You're right. So these mice come in, you know, we're doing a little Disney magic. They wake her up from bed. She's all pretty. My first realization, um, Corey asked this, like, when was this made in 1950? Because the animation, or at least the re-released, recolored version that's on Disney Plus is so pretty. Like, we, after watching Snow White and Bambi and seeing how the animation kind of grew from those, like, three movies onto this one was very interesting mm-hmm. i think it, that's kind of where we got to the signature disney animation look and so um also her eyes are just too blue for me they were just too blue <laughs> they're a little too blue but she gets up she's singing her first track of the ost the mice are helping her get ready they're putting on her apron and for her and i was like oh she's giving us snow white <laughs> she's giving us a little snow white um <laughs> But unlike Snow White, Cinderella actually does clean. So she goes down the steps of this tower um, and down into the kitchen where she's a scullery maid. She's going to start, you know, feeding the chickens, getting breakfast. Now, the interesting part of the story is that most of the beginning of the story is told through the eyes of the mice. Um, yeah. I think that <laughs> Jacques and Friends, we're just going to call them Jacques and Friends. Jacques and Friends are out here trying to get... um breakfast from you know because she's feeding the chickens but lucifer this fat evil cat (laughs) this fat evil cat is blocking the door and so um they get past they're trying to get past him it's a whole comic scene it was giving very much disney trying to be tom and jerry (laughs) with none of the laughs like none of the laughs (laughs) it really wasn't that funny um so they have this whole little thing where we watch the mice try to get their breakfast and we have Gus and Jacques and Gus is not really, um, you know, has no nunti. He has, he can't read a room. He's, he lost his life several times, almost lost his life several times in this movie. Um, but soon as she gets done, all of a sudden you hear people calling her Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella. And it's just her awful awful um stepsisters where she has to go and serve everybody um breakfast i mean tea um they're sending her to do all the laundry do the sewing and do all of that um and so we get to bring uh cinderella into we get to see her stepmother for the first time she you know sitting in the dock and she comes out of the dock and she just looks evil, green eyes, gray hair, typical, you know, the what every stepmother is going to probably made to look like <laughs> um, after this movie was released. And so after we get to see Cinderella and how she's like being treated at home, we jump to the palace and we see the king is very upset that his son is not married. He's very upset. This is I'm very much forcing your children to get married because you want grandchildren. 
I mean, if he gonna raise them, I guess so. But his whole storyline was just like, my son needs to be married, slams fist on table. He needs to be married now, slams fist on table again. Um, and um, and so in like, he basically tells the Grand Duke, set up a ball for tonight. We're giving nobody a head start. <laughs> set up a ball for tonight. You have eight hours to set up a grand ball and send out invitations. That's a lot. To send out invitations to the entire kingdom. And I want every eligible maiden in the kingdom to come to this world ball so my prince, my son can meet them while he's in town. And um, so we get the invitations. The step girls are, the sisters are, they're ready to go. Cinderella's also excited. Cinderella's, and, her, and the thing that got me was that um, Cinderella was like, oh my God. And the stepsisters immediately look at their mother. Oh, mother, you can't. And I'm like, y'all really are projecting onto good sis. Like, <laughs> y'all are really that insecure about your looks. Um, but being raised by their stepmother, it, I mean, she's, she does everything for them. She's not a good person. And so and so um she's like, "Okay, you can go to the ball if you do all the chores. If you know, clean the tapestries and the draperies and the floors and do the seaming and stuff like that." Basically, she don't want her to go. And Cinderella at first thinks she can do it. So she goes to her room and she pulls out one of her mother's old dresses. It is a little out of date, but she has ideas cuz that's what thinkers do. That's what we love Cinderella. <laughs> we love Cinderella. We, 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 we make moves. Movers make moves. She was just like, I can redo this dress. You know, reduce, reuse, recycle. And so she's like, I'm going to start doing these chores. And she's like getting the chores done. And the mice were like, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like the way the stepmother is treating our Cinderella. She's nice to us. She feeds us. She puts little clothes and little hats and little shoes on us. So we have to do our girl some good. So what we're going to do is, while she is cleaning the house, we are going to redo this dress for her. Now, we have to love magic mice when they do the things that you can't do. Like, to be honest, as scary as rodents are, if I could have a team to just make me a dress, that'd be nice. On occasion. Right. It would outweigh the negatives. <laughs> it would outweigh the, the negatives. And so she's doing all of this. Um, we get another sequence of the mice, the story being told through the mice as they go into Grisella. Uh, Grisella. I keep calling her Grisella. Drizella and Anastasia's room to get trimmings and jewelry for Cinderella. So they steal a ribbon and they steal a necklace, you know, and they're another Tom and Jerry sequence between Jacques, Gus, and Lucifer the cat. And so um, Cinderella has resided to her fate. She's not gonna go. Her stepmother's pleased with herself like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I don't see how you get pleasure of contempting a, a child, but okay. And so Cinderella decides, she goes back upstairs and voila, her dress is done. The idea's been done. Her magic mice have done it. And so she gets dressed. She's ready to go to this party. She comes downstairs and instead of, you know, um, telling Cinderella she can't go, um, she says something about her necklace and compliments her. The sister's like, oh my God, that's my necklace. And just start ripping her clothes off of her and one of the most traumatic scenes that i've seen in a movie in a while i didn't realize how like dark and heavy that scene was until i rewatched it but she was just they're like ripping stuff off of her and telling her she can't go and the mother is just like oh now now girls we can't be late so they leave her in tatters at home crying and cinderella has had enough um she has definitely had enough and so 
she goes into the garden and she's crying or whatever and then her fairy godmother appears her fairy godmother's a little clumsy or whatever but she's like you know what i'm gonna let you go to that ball because you deserve it and so she um turns a pumpkin into a carriage and she turns the mice into horses when there's already a horse but then they turn the horse into a coachman and the dog into a footman and then finally she gives cinderella her beautiful dress and her beautiful glass slippers and she's off off into the ball and so we're at this ball right the prince does not want to be here he is not feeling it homeboy is just like i just got home why are we having a party he looks tired um but all of these women are coming up to him and bowing and cursing he's yawning his father just like oh it's never gonna happen it's this is um you know he's gonna blame the grand duke for everything and then he starts to think about this romantic scene of where his son sees a girl just walk in he's entranced by her and that's exactly what happens cinderella walks in um and the prince is entranced by her and they start dancing and people are like oh my god who is that who is that you know because you definitely don't know that's cinderella even though she has the same blonde hair and same blue eyes but she's just in a different dress giving his very clark kent um but <laughs> But, um, so they're dancing and the stepmother tries to get a closer look and the Grand Duke is like, ah, ah, leave the, you know, young lovers alone. And so we watch as they sing together. They don't really have a conversation. They sing together. They stare at each other. They're in love or whatever. (laughs) They're in love. And then, but of course, the faded clock strikes 12. And Cinderella has to go home before the spell breaks. So she's running. And she's running. And she loses a shoe. And she gets in a pumpkin. And the pumpkin loses its magic. Because the Grand Duke is after her. The king's like, go after her. We have to keep her. She's she's our... He already said that was our daughter-in-law. They just met. (laughs) Just met. And so... um, She loses all her magic. The animals turn back to animals. She gets home. It's whatever. And so the next day, the Grand Duke goes to the king and just like, we can't find her. She's disappeared, but she left behind the shoe. He's like, aha. Since the prince doesn't know what she looks like, nobody knows what she looks like. And I'm just sitting here like, was that part of the spell? What do you mean you don't know what she looks like? Um, so uh, the king was like, I want you to go to every single woman in this kingdom and put the shoe on them until you find the girl <laughs> who's at the party. And the Grand Duke looks at him like he's crazy. And I agree with the Grand Duke because yeah. what? <laughs> 40 nights and 40 days. Like it's going to take so long to try. realistically, it would take forever in this kingdom. For Especially when you look at the distance from Cinderella's house to the castle, they was off in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, this, this, this declaration is sent out to everybody and they're looking for the girl and Cinderella, um, Cinderella overhears, you know, oh my God, this is what's going to happen. And the stepmother follows her because she got like a sneaking intuition. So Cinderella starts to sing the song and she was singing with the prince at the ball and it clicks in the stepmother's head and she was like, oh, I don't think so. So she locks Cinderella in a tower. She locks her in a tower. And the Grand Duke comes and he tries the shoes on. Grisella doesn't. Drizella. Grisella. God damn it. That's her name. <laughs> Drizella. He tries the shoes on Drizella. It doesn't fit. He tries the shoes on Anastasia. It doesn't fit. He's about to leave. 
Um, but no, Cinderella comes out the tower because the mice went and got the key from the stepmama's pocket when she wasn't looking. And even when Lucifer was on his BS and tried to, you know, capture Gus who had the key, we let out homeboy who was the hound, I forgot, Bruno, Bruno the bloodhound comes and chases the cat out the window. He falls to his death. (laughs) That's what we assume. (laughs) That's what we assume. And so Cinderella comes down, um, tries to put on the shoe, but the stepmother has the Grand Duke fall. The shoe shatters, but oh, 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 plans for the wicked cannot always win. (laughs) Cinderella pulls out the other matching shoe. And then we are happy to know that it is Cinderella. She puts on the shoe. They go back to the castle and her and the prince get married. And that's it. <laughs> tan tan. Okay, feelings about when the movie ended. Did we like it? Did we love it? Did we hate it? It was true. Like, yeah. that was the quickest one out of all of them that we watched. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't have... Like, the other ones we watched, they were either, like, a drag to get to get through. I mean, all of them we watched were a drag. And then also, mm-hmm. like, what the fuck was the plot? Like, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, this one was pretty okay. Um. Yeah. Thank you, Cinderella, for not having as many singing parts as Snow White did because that was tough um, otherwise yeah I think it's like not bad I guess out of the ones we've seen okay okay what about you Nia I agree I think that it's probably the best one best movie with best story Mm -hmm. Um, I bet wasn't this probably the first well we'll probably get to that later but I mm-hmm. feel like this to see this for the first time in comparison to the other ones was probably mind blowing because wow, a full narrative <laughs> from mm-hmm. start to finish that makes sense. Ooh, ooh, plot, but, plot, no, like plot, like really, <laughs> and like dialogue from other characters besides mm-hmm. two characters. You know, like it, it's really I enjoyed it. Um, even though we yeah. all know the story of Cinderella, I think it's good. What about you, Tori? I really enjoyed it. I was surprised that Cinderella had so much more character her than I remember. Like when people mm. people don't talk about Cinderella like she was a badass. She was a badass. She had some snarky remarks for her stepsisters. And I was just like, oh, we're not sitting taking this lying down. Because you know, maybe I have I don't want to be like Cinderella sitting in the dark cold dusty Stella, <laughs> you know, ingrained in my heart. <laughs> but like Cinderella was on hers. Like she was in a bad situation. But like where else was she supposed to go when her mother her stepmother took over all of her fortune? Like she had to do what she had to do. She didn't kicked out of this house. But she wasn't taking stuff lying down. And I even watched the second and the third movie. So the second movie is um oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> so the second one. the second movie is just short stories. It's um the first one is Cinderella, her first day at the royal castle or whatever. But of course, she's not like the others. She, you know, she mingles with the 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 common folk and all of that stuff. And so the king loves her for it. The second short story is the mouse Jacques being turned into a human because he thinks that he has to be human to help Cinderella. And the moral of the story is that he didn't have to be human to help Cinderella. Um, and then the third one is a love story between Anastasia and a baker. And her her mother was being very classist in that one. And the third one, though the animation on the third one is the off. (laughs) The third one, the animation for the prince was awful. Like, he was the finest or the cutest in the second one. Um, He doesn't look that cute in the third one. But um, it was actually a very good plot. (laughs) It was actually, like, a very good story. Um, 
basically Anastasia wants what Cinderella has. She follows the couple into the woods, steals the fairy godmother's wand, gives it to her evil stepmother. Her stepmother undoes the entire year because they were about to celebrate their honeymoon, undoes everything, makes it so Anastasia was the one that he met at the ball, makes him forget Cinderella, but they're not really in love. He feels like he's not really in love with Anastasia. And so it's like this whole journey of love and finding, and they become good sisters at the end. And I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. We were actually That's a plot. Doing... That was a real plot. I, I actually show that, that to my kids. Like, yeah, it's actually, like, kind of enjoyable. Like, it... <laughs> it really was. Yeah. It really was kind of enjoyable. Though I didn't like the animation style on it though. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into interesting facts. My sources are Screen Rant by Lynn Gibbs, the Disney Wiki page, movie phone article by Gary Sussman, and Factual. So you remember how I said without Disney, um, without Cinderella, Disney would be broke? This mm-hmm. man was four million dollars in debt. <laughs> after the war wow four million dollars in debt and cinderella was definitely was a gamble um if cinderella didn't make it we would not have walt disney today so um cinderella did her thing and she got money back and so they were now allowed to do you know a lot of stuff got um got funded because of cinderella it was because um walt had to do a lot of package movies i think they were war uh, oh, movies yeah. or stuff like that. Propaganda. This was like the first movie <laughs> after that. Yeah, propaganda. This was the first movie after that. It was also the first movie that Disney did that was kind of like a narrative style that um, Nia was mentioning. Live action. They actually shot the film all in live action first. Um, so they could keep down animation costs. So instead of the writers f- trying to figure out how space and time moved on a 2D thing, they would just look at the movie and be like, okay, just animate it like that. Um, this is the biggest hit Disney had enjoyed in like 13 years, you know. Um, Cinderella actually generated enough cash flow, not only to save the studio, but to allow it to create its own distribution company. Finance several live action and animated films and enter the world of television and production and build Disneyland theme park. That's how much money Cinderella made. A bag. Girl, why is why is Mickey the mascot? Why I smell misogyny. I smell it. One hundred percent. A mouse girl. <laughs> You know what? Actually, actually, I take the mouse over a <laughs> blue-eyed white girl. <laughs> Never mind. I'll take the mouse. <laughs> right. So, um, some other things was that I saw an article that said that even though the game was succeeded, Walt had basically had the animation teams of Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland because Alice in Wonderland comes out after Cinderella, basically competing with each other to see who could finish the film first and see which crew did it best because they would probably get more money and to see, you know, which would test the waters first. I don't know if that's true, but I saw that, but I wouldn't put it past Dr. Disney. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> um, But to answer, uh, Marin's question about why the mouse Mickey is everywhere in a lot of Disney movies mm. um, during the cleaning scene they have three bubbles that turns into Mickey's head and his head is also on the carriage <laughs> um, because you know Mickey was kind of what put Walt in the spotlight whatever okay now we're going to talk about cutout scenes so this is the one thing that I always find interesting so we had um, 
the first scene that got cut out was the Grand Duke finding out Cinderella's identity instead of the prince. Even though he put the shoe on Cinderella, it was the prince that confirmed that it was Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, Cinderella actually eavesdropping on her stepmothers and stepsisters gossiping about the mystery woman. And um, in this scene, you know, in the original, in the movie, Cinderella's just like kind of in awe when she hears that the shoe thing is happening, that the Grand Duke is coming to put shoes to find out the girl who owns the glass slipper. She just kind of walks off, she starts singing. But the original sequence was that Cinderella was supposed to be showing amusement um, at their unawareness and that she herself was the woman that they're talking about. But Walt said that the sequence um, can make it look like the hair was spiteful and risk audience sympathy or whatever. Um, Cinderella imagines an army of herself cleaning up um, during the cleanup song. But they scrapped that sequence and just had the mice sing the song instead. Um, and so then the prince, this is the one that I think they should have kept in. The prince originally was supposed to have more storyline. Um, there was a scene where he was supposed to be hunting a deer in the forest, but um, him and the deer are actually friends, so he's not really a hunter. And this is supposed to showcase that he was worthy of Cinderella's love, that he's a nice person. And so um, I think that's probably one of my most disappointing things about the story, that it was told a lot from the mice perspective mm-hmm. and not from the people perspective. And that the prince had no character <laughs> build up whatsoever. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Walt said Cinderella was his favorite fairy tale because he could see himself with Cinderella's shoes because she worked hard and got rewarded for her work. Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> work hard? Work. I mean... Walt was- several people off excuse me (laughs) i mean i guess we also look at this as like walt disney being walt disney but during the 1950s this man was almost broke so i guess Mm. i guess i was more of not to hate on cinderella but worked hard when like worked hard (laughs) i understand like i guess like she worked hard in the house but like they forced her to do that she didn't want and then the man fell in love with her, like you know, love at first sight. First like I'm not, idea. I'm not really seeing her. <laughs> <laughs> nice, great point, great point, great point. <laughs> okay, Walt's favorite scene in all of almost all the animation movies. His favorite scene is in Cinderella. It's the transformation from her to rags to riches, where she goes from the the ripped dress to the ball gown. Um, and the prince. The movie actually has no name. He's never referred to as Prince Charming. I don't know when we started calling him Prince Charming. Um, in the movie, I thought this was scary. Um, according to a lot of fan sources, Cinderella is the oldest princess. She's 19. That's mm. alarming. She's the oldest princess, though. She's 19. Um, followed by Tiana, who's 18, I think. Um, Cinderella paved the way for other characters, such as Belle and Mulan, because she was one of the fir- she was the first princess without royal blood. Without actually being royal. Um, Cinderella is the first Disney princess to sing with her love interest. The other girls don't sing with their love interest. Or Snow White didn't sing with her love interest. Um, the studio... I thought this was funny. The studio re-released Cinderella in theater six times. 1957, <laughs> 1965, 1973, 81, 87, and 2013. <laughs> 
Um, the Cinderella Castle is the signature landmark at the Magic Kingdom Park in Disney World in Florida. It's designed to look like the palace of the movie. Along with the Sleeping Beauty Castle at the center of Disneyland in California, Cinderella Castle is the basis for the logo seen at the beginning of all Walt Disney Picture Films and home video releases, as well as Walt Disney Television Productions and Disney Music Group projects. There are many versions of Cinderella's tale and European folklore, but Disney chose the one um, made familiar by French Arthur Charles Perrault, can't say his last name charles from from 1697 he's the author that introduced the tale to the key elements of the fairy godmother the pumpkin turned coach the glass slippers and his version along with small creatures turned into cinderella's drivers and horse um but it was a group of lizards and not mice (laughs) so yeah those are interesting production facts i didn't find a lot i thought i was going to find a lot but um I thought they were pretty interesting. The re-releases is always funny to me. Also, the budget for this film was $2.2 million. The box office was $263.6 million. So she's definitely Ooh, okay. made Whoa. That's a billion made her money. money now. Right. I don't know if that That's counts crazy. for inflation at all. But um, mm. So yeah, there was a star-studded cast if you want to look more into the cast and the animators. Also, this is the first Cinderella film where the... Um, all of the old nine men, the animators, all worked on it. So it's kind of monumental in that telling as well. So let's go ahead and jump into the soundtrack. Nia? Yes, yes. Okay, so there is a lot. I truly, I knew there would be a lot, but I didn't expect there to be this much. Mm-hmm. So my sources I got from Cinderella's Wiki, Wikipedia, the Disney fandom wiki, um, the cartoon, it's cartoonresearch.com article. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trivia IMDb article. And so just buckle up y'all. Cause this is, this is a lot. <laughs> so first, um, so usually people think that this soundtrack was like, it was just one soundtrack made for the movie, which is not true. Disney actually started, he hired on two writers, Larry Morey and Charles Walcott in 1946 to compose the songs way before the movie was even done. And mm. they wrote, literally a whole soundtrack together they wrote an album together and there are six songs and there's the first song is sing a little dream a little where she was overwhelmed with work it like this is what this scene was supposed to represent um the mouse song where she dressed the mice the dress my mother wore as she thinks of her mother's dress um dancing on a cloud the song that was supposed to play when she was waltzing with the prince i lost my heart at the ball which is when she sings after she gets back. And then the face I see at night was supposed to be the princess song. And oh. literally nothing was used. <laughs> Disney was like, no, sirs, <laughs> these are not up to our standards. And so they literally like the songs were just scrapped. And so he had to like, it's interesting though, because they, he literally scrapped the time and just was like, did nothing with it. But in 2015, they released the company released a legacy collection so and it's the the album it's called Cinderella Cinderella the Legacy Collection for the 65th anniversary and you all can really go to streaming services right now and it's there and when i tell you like okay i'm going to get to my opinion on the songs but like mm-hmm. these are demos so the way it works is like they never actually got to the stage where the actors in the film would sing these songs so Eileen Woods who plays Cinderella is not singing these songs herself mm-hmm. um and neither is the prince um so this is just the songs they had at the time were demos by unknown singers. So we really don't, and they're uncredited. So we really don't know who is singing these. 
um, unless you were in the industry at the time or you know someone who knows someone or you're like your grandparent told you that they sang the demo of this song. I don't know who will ever know. Um, if you want to go listen to it, I would encourage it because it's very interesting to see the alternate universe <laughs> of what could have been Cinderella. Um, and then for the this album especially, they got, when they released it in 2015, they didn't just release the demos, they got a Broadway classically trained singer and actress who's best known for her role as Miss Wendy in Toy Story 4 to re-sing the songs in her own like updated renditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does a good job. Like they sound way clearer and they're more, I guess, professional, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely has like the big budget um, clarity. Um, then, so it's really interesting to me, like when I get to the opinions of the songs. So there's only six, but I can kind of see why Disney scrapped. <laughs> I mean, not trying to be mean or shady because mm-hmm. they're good songs. Like there's nothing that's like, I can't listen to this. But mm-hmm. they don't have that, like, when you hear A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, you think, no, this is a melody. Like, you can, this is a melody that kind of lasts, withstands time. It's just a really simple, really well-constructed melody. The songs from the, and this could be just, like, biased to the fact that those songs are so ingrained in pop culture now. But, uh, like, most of them, I'd say half were okay. Half were just kind of there. I liked um, The Dress My Mother Wore the Best. Like the melody's great. I wish that Disney would put that, give them, rework that song and give it to another movie because it's too good to just sit. (laughs) Like in my opinion, like change the lyrics, give it to like your next princess movie. I think it would be great. Um, um, I the princess song was okay. Um, like the dress, I lost my heart at the ball is pretty good. Um, I'd say I give it like a three out of six. (laughs) Like hit or misses i would love for y'all to listen i can post the link in the chat afterwards because they're not long songs and they're not yeah they're i feel like they're good but they're not the i can see why walt was like these are not it but um Mm. but i mean they're hard work i mean i think that they did a good job for what they were given especially since the movie wasn't even out yet and they had to kind of work off of ideas um and then moving on so if y'all want to see that, it's called Cinderella, the Legacy Collection. If you want to listen to it on Spotify, Apple Apple Music, etc., and YouTube. And then so next, the singer, the lead actors themselves are singers as well. So they didn't hire separate singers to sing Cinderella or um, like how Frozen, they'll have the, the actress who acts as Elsa and then have, what's her name, Adina Menzel singing. Oh, no, that's different mm-hmm. things. But I mean, like they'll have the actress and then the singer who are two different people in mm-hmm. this movie it's like the prince and cinderella are they are singing and doing everything so she cinderella is eileen woods and the prince is mike douglas um so in okay so disney wanted to he approached after he scrapped those first songs and was like we got to start over In 1949, he heard a song on the radio by Mac David, Jerry Livingston, and Al Hoffman. And he was like, I like this song. Y'all should write (laughs) y'all should write some music for my movie, specifically for the fairy godmother. And they were like, okay. And then Oliver Wallace and Paul Smith, who I believe had already worked with Disney on several previous soundtracks, they did the score. And then so after the animation was done for inking, similar to live action, um, so the way they did it for this movie was very different so in the past they would sort of just like 
they would do the music and the animation at the same time together so that everything would match up. But this one, they did the score after the animation was like fin- almost finished. So oh. it was very much like they were just matching it up post instead of doing it completely at the same time. And mm. this film, interestingly, is the first to use multi-tracks for vocals. Like when we were listening to Sing Sweet Nightingale, where she's cleaning, um, mm-hmm. she harmonizes with herself, which was new technology at the time. Um, then, so okay, so this is like, I have some conflicting information. Like the Wikipedia says one thing, and then the Disney the article above, the cartoon research article says mm-hmm. that... Like one says that this was that Cinderella was the start of the Disney Music Company and was then the soundtrack was released at the same time as the film. But other sources will say that this was not released in 1950 and it was released in 1956 when Disneyland Records was formed. So I feel like I might need to read some books on it because honestly, there weren't that many articles talking about it, but there were definitely books that people had written about this time with Disney. Mm, so. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, just maybe someone who's more into Disney will know that just off the top of their head. Let us know if you do. And then, next, moving on, the so when the second soundtrack was made, it, at release, there were also six songs on that original. Now there are more because they kind of added more and redone some. Um, a Dream is, the first notable song is A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, which mm-hmm. is number 15 on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Songs list. Um, it's the second highest ranking from Disney after When You Wish Upon a Star. Um, and also it's similar lyrically to When You Wish Upon a Star, like the dreams, wishing, mm-hmm. um, hopefulness, all that stuff, like similar themes. Um, and this song is kind of another representative of Disney. So as a brand, so they'll play this at the opening and ending of the ignite the dream the nighttime spectacular of magic and light at the shanghai disneyland and why is that title so long it probably sounds (laughs) much better in chinese i'm sorry it probably sounds much better in chinese no you're absolutely right like that is a long title (laughs) for a light show um and also if you go to disneyland hotel uh, disneyland hotel this song will play apparently once you enter the room very fascinating um that's weird. and then okay i know <laughs> every time you open the door <laughs> a dream <laughs> um and then obviously it's played on the disney cruise line all the time mm-hmm. um the song is very famous but at the time it was not the most famous from the movie it kind of grew in popularity as disney sort of pushed it in different and used it as like another representative song bibbidi bobbidi boo was the most famous song at the time like folks went crazy for that song um and before I move on to Bibby Bobby Boo, I want to say a really sad kind of heartwarming fact that I feel like a lot of people know this. If you were on Tumblr <laughs> or on Pinterest, um, Eileen Woods, who voices Cinderella, she died from Alzheimer, Alzheimer's in 2010. But before she passed, where but before she passed, but also but when she reached a point where she couldn't remember much, um, she couldn't remember that she played Cinderella. But the nurses would always play A Dream Was a Wish Your Heart Makes for her. And they said that it would always comfort her Aww. all the time. Aww. And that was just like like a really sweet kind of sad thing. Um, yeah. And I mean, she passed in 2010, so she lived a long life. A mm-hmm. lot of these actors live long lives, which is good. Um, <clears throat> and now on to Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo, sung by Verna Felton. 
And this song was nominated for an Academy Award, but lost. Um, but it was nominated in 51 and it was the most popular of the soundtrack at the time. Like people, like I said, there were literally stars that were covering this song a year after <laughs> or the year of. I'm like, wow, y'all were mm. y'all were in this. Um, so Bing Crosby, who's known for making, I guess people know him now for Christmas albums and Christmas music. He's always on the playlist for like Christmas time. He covered it that same year, um, like several other stars of the time covered it um and then 2014 they used it for a Gatorade commercial for the World Cup FIFA World for the what is it called is it FIFA World Cup I think it is um, I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> is it FIFA I don't know if it's FIFA because I, I know FIFA is no the idea. video game yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't know. I don't know the World Cup <laughs> yeah right and obviously they use this song in Kingdom Hearts which is the the iconic game where also, you mix yeah, Final Fantasy characters. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. Thank you. So they use this in Kingdom Hearts. Um, SpongeBob has a s- episode where they kind of reference this, I think, or this melody. That's what Wikipedia said. And it's the Squidward episode. I don't remember that, but I bet someone has that. Does. Somebody that. does. <laughs> right. And, if, and Shrek 2 parodied this uh, musical number, which mm-hmm. we love Shrek 2. And y'all... When I tell you, <laughs> when I read this last one, I was like, not, not full circle. So SM back in 2015 oh, was no. doing that Disney Mickey Mouse Club Korea thing. Oh, yeah. And the girl, the girl unit, which was Cohen, Hina and Lamy, they did a performance of this. And I was like, wow, full <laughs> circle. Everything comes back around. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's mostly it. To take away from the music, I would say just y'all go listen to the originals because they're not half bad. You might find a song that you might put on your Disney playlist. Who knows? Oh, I was about to say that it was so interesting that Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo is the most famous song because the most famous song for me from Brandy Cinderella is the song that Whitney sings. Mm. But I think that's the Rodgers and Hammerstein have a totally different. I think they have a totally different soundtrack for the most part. Like they've written, yeah, songs. yeah, I know yeah. that. But like the fact that the it's not any of her of the other songs, but in both Cinderellas, it's the fairy godmother song that's the most. Oh, I got you. I got famous. you. I didn't understand yeah, what yeah, you yeah. meant. Got you. Yeah, oh, no, you're no, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, all right. Let's hop into the origins. Okay, so I instead of like the origin, I kind of just the original Grimm story is what mm-hmm. I went for. Um. So I got it from, like, it's this website called, like, Pitt EDU, which is, what, some college is, like, linked, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> yes. to a bunch of, like, books that you can read for free. And this one was a little shorter. I think it'd be, like, close to about six pages. Um, that was a drag at Pinocchio, once again. Um, it's, okay, so the basis of the story are similar to the Disney story. It's just slightly darker. So I'm more of just pointing out the differences and actually telling the story for this. Okay. So in the Disney animation, I feel like the they drew the stepsisters to be seen like not as pretty as Cinderella, mm-hmm. whereas the Grimm brothers described them as beautiful with fair faces, but evil and dark hearts. Mm. Um, in the movie, Cinderella lives the way she does because both of her parents are dead. But in this story, her father is alive. Um, the book describes how the sisters' stepsisters treat her terribly. 
um, to quote, uh, there she had to do work from morning until evening, get up before daybreak, carry water, make the fires, cook and wash. Besides this, the sisters did everything imaginable to hurt her. They made fun of her, scattered peas and lentils into the ashes for her so that she had to sit and pick them out again. In the evening, when she had worked herself weary, there was no bed for her. Instead, she had to sleep by the hearth in the ashes. And because she always looked dusty and dirty, they called her Cinderella. Um, so Cinderella's father would ask the girls um, when he went away what they wanted. And the stepsisters would ask for like jewels or dresses. And Cinderella would ask for the first twig that brushes against his hat. He brought this twig back to her. And she puts it on her mother's grave and like cries and wept and the twig grew into a tree. So she would go to this tree about three times a day and cried and prayed and whatever she wished for was given to her by a bird that would be on the tree. Um, Just like the movie, Cinderella wanted to go to the ball. This time in the Grimm Brothers story, the ball is for three nights, but her stepmom gave her ridiculous chores to do, which she which she completed, but she was still not able allowed to go. So she would go to the tree and said, um, shake and quiver, little tree, throw gold and silver down to me and was given a dress and some slippers. And just like the movie, the prince saw Cinderella and instantly fell in love. But in the Grimm story, the prince tries to escort, escort, escort her home, but Cinderella jumps into a pigeon coop. And so the prince for some reason doesn't go into the pigeon coop but instead a pigeon yeah yeah (laughs) and so instead waits until her father comes and says and says to him that an unknown girl has jumped into the pigeon coop the father wonders if it's cinderella tears down the pigeon coop and sees it's no one's there because cinderella ran out from the back of it and went back home and acts like nothing happened the whole sequence happens two mo- two more times. She runs to the tree, is given a beautiful dress and a slipper, dances with the prince at the ball, leaves. He tries to find out who she is, but she manages to run away. I think the second time she climbs a tree and then her father cuts it down. Um, but on the third and last time when she runs away, the prince smears the stairway with some substance that causes Cinder- Cinderella to lose her gold slipper. It's not glass. Um... So the prince states that he will find his bride with the gold slipper. The stepsisters try to put on the shoe. One cuts off her toe and the other cuts off her heel. Each time the um, the prince notices the blood in the shoe and um, returns returns the stepsister back to their house and at the end asks if they have any other daughter. And the Cinderella, Cinderella's father says, no, there's only a deformed little Cinderella from my first wife, but she cannot possibly be the bride, which was fucked. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously, Cinderella tries on the slipper and it fits her. And then the story ends with when when the wedding with the prince was to be held, the two false sisters came wanting to gain favor with Cinderella and to share good fortune. And to share good fortune. When the bridal couple walked into the church, the older sister walked on the right side and the younger on their left side. And the pigeons pegged out one eye from each of them. Afterwards, as they came out of the church, the older one was on the left side and the younger one on the right side. And then the pigeons pecked out the other eye from each of them. And thus for their wickedness and falsehood, they were punished with blindness as long as they lived. The end. What about the dad? Wow. Where is his eyes? Nothing. Why are his eyes picked Nothing. Out? What? The stepmom? Nothing. 
this is these are always so interesting to me because mm-hmm. if this was one of the first renditions of the story because of obviously this this type of story this type of story arc has probably been around for er, centuries why is this why did the french person who this movie is based off of suddenly change it to only it's the step the stepmama and it's like it's all women against women all of yeah. a sudden the story is i'm like her father is absolute garbage yeah um <laughs> disney was like mm, or like i guess the frenchman was like this is a bit dark let's make his father <laughs> dead that makes more sense oh that's always so interesting to me the pigeon coop came out of nowhere though i was like yeah, she right. flew into a pigeon coop <laughs> I said, what pigeon coop Google images? I said, she jumped into that. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. It was written in 1857. And he didn't see her? Don't like pigeon coops have like, mesh on one I side I was of them? even more confused when I looked up pictures of what the pigeon coop was. I was like, okay, it's a fairy tale. But she go dip on this man for three times. Like, yeah, and I couldn't figure it out why. And I think it was because because there was no mention in this storyline about um, you need to come back by midnight. By t- midnight. It says she mm-hmm. returns in the evening because I think her stepsisters return, and that's why she returns. But there's no. But I think you'd have to just infer that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in the rendition that um I have of the book of African American um folk tales, I mean, it's a similar story, but it's all like women against women violence. I don't like that. Y'all observe, absolving. Here we go again, absolving the patriarchy for their contributions to, um, you know, ruining people's characters. But mm, all right, it's dark. It's not as dark as I thought it was gonna be, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. All right. All right. Let's jump into similar stories or similar adaptations with Corey. All right. So um, my sources were a Vox article titled Disney Didn't Invent Cinderella. Her story is at least 2,000 years old um, by Kelsey McKinney. Um, another one was ancientorigins.net article, uh, the 2,200-year-old tale of the Chinese Cinderella by Riley Winters, and then the last source was EdenValleyEnterprises.org, Cinderella Around the World article. So there are like 500 variations of Cinderella in Europe alone, and scholars think like globally there may be like 3,000 variations in total, but they they like are still debating on that because they can't find all of them. Mm. So the very first recorded story featuring like a Cinderella like figure dates all the way back to Greece in 6th century BCE. So like the year like 600 or I think 500. Yeah. 501 to 600. So in that story, a Greek courtesan named uh, Rhodopis has one of her shoes stolen by an Eagle who flies it all the way across the Mediterranean and drops it in the lap of an Egyptian King. And he took the shoe as a sign from the heavens like literally like a sign from the heavens that he was supposed to marry this I mean, woman well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> from the sky <laughs> so the king goes on a quest to find the owner of the shoe when he finds rhodopis he marries her lifting her from her lowly status to the throne so the chinese one um the i'm sorry for my pronunciation already but Yishen. Yishen, yeah. yeah i think it's yeah it's yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. what they said on YouTube. Yeah, yes, Yen. Yes, Yen. Um, she is like another rags to riches type story uh, from around 850 AD. So it appeared in a book called The Miscellaneous Morsels of from Yuyang, 
In the story, a woman named Yeshin was born to a village chief named Wu who had two wives um, off like the south coast of China. So in the story, the main character, her mother passed away during birth. And so she was just left with her father, her, the other wife, which is her stepmother, and the other wife's child, which is her stepsister. Um, they lived pretty well until the father ended up passing away, leaving uh, his daughter behind with the stepmother and her stepsister. And so they begin treating her very poorly. The stepmother is jealous that Yeshen is uh, way prettier than her and her daughter. Um, so... Yeah, she's jealous because of that. Um, they treat her poorly, just like in the Disney version of the Cinderella. She like does all the chores for the house and whatnot. They keep her locked away, kind of. Um, so eventually, one day, Yeshen, when she's drawing water for her family, finds a very beautiful red fish. They didn't say what kind of fish it was. It's just like a sparkly red fish with like gold flecks on it or whatever. And she takes the fish out the water to bring it home as a pet. Um, even though she's given very little food, she always shared the food with the fish. And eventually it grew to the point where she had to put it in a pond instead of in a bowl. And so she visited that fish like every single day. But then one day her stepmother saw her visiting the fish and became enraged at the thought of Yeshin having any kind of happiness in her life. So she plotted to kill the fish. Um, every time the stepmother would come near the water, the fish would duck back in the water because it was frightened of anyone who wasn't Yeshin. So the mother decides to send Yeshin off to like a market and she stole her clothes to pretend to be her, tricking the fish into coming out of the water when she came near and then she killed it and buried it. So Yeshin came to the pond to see her fish and when it was missing, of course, she was distraught because that was like her beloved pet. And suddenly this <laughs> random man comes from the sky. He like flies out of the sky. I think they said he's like an elderly looking man he tells her like don't worry don't cry like I know where the fish is buried and take the bones out of the grave and pray to them every time you need something but don't overuse it so of course she follows his instruction and one day there is a annual village festival called the K festival where basically the women and single women and single men in the village like go to meet and like mm -hmm. find partners or whatever and so she wants to go to that but just like in all other cinderella variations you know the stepmother is like no you can't go so yishin waits for the stepmother and the daughter to leave and then once they do she prays to the bones and it suddenly like conjures a magical like dress and slippers so she goes to this ball and she meets the king from the mainland hu tao i think that's what his name was i didn't write it down but mm -hmm. She meets him. Everybody's like encaptured by encapsulated or whatever that word is by her beauty. And even the mom, the stepmom and the sister see her and are like, oh my God, who is that? And Yeshin notices them getting closer. So she runs off, dropping her shoe. And so the ball ends. Um, one, the shoe ends up being sold to the king by a merchant who randomly picked it up and he like suddenly remembers that he danced with the girl at the ball and he's like oh like I need to find this woman so just like any other Cinderella story he ends up finding her and then they get married um oh. let's see then the next one is the West African version um named Chinye 
they don't know when exactly this one was made because it's a folktale so it could be like from like the 1800s or even earlier like they're not even sure so this one's a little different from the other cinderella variations because this one is not really about finding a husband at all so chinya is sent by her stepmother into the forest at night to go get water um she lives with her step family because her real family of course passed away and the animals protect chinya from the dangers of the forest on her way home she meets an old woman who tells her to go into a hut where there are gourds on the floor and she is to take the tiniest quietest gourd go home and then break it so chinya does exactly as the old woman says and when she breaks it on the ground like bunch of treasure spills out like diamonds and gold and all this stuff so in a jealous rage her stepsister finds the house that she went to and just finds the biggest one biggest gourd she can find and eagerly runs home to break it open but instead of treasure coming out she unleashes this hurricane apocalyptic type storm on the village pandora's box (laughs) (laughs) so because the jealous stepsister did that Tinye's entire step family loses everything they own, their house, any possession they had. Um, and because they are too proud to even act for help, they just move away from the village. So Tinye is left behind and chooses to use her wealth to help her village um, instead of like helping the step family because they didn't try to ask for help at all. And that's why and she was God's favorite. Cause, like, exactly. <laughs> period. <laughs> now this last myth, this last myth when i read it i like immediately like remember that i already knew this story i'm not sure exactly why but when my elementary school i went to school in gwinnett county and like a lot of the curriculum was heavily focused on native americans like for the first like three or four years like we would like have like tribal leaders visit us often and stuff so this story is called the rough Face girl it's from the algonquin tribe but that tribe is i believe like It's still North American, of course, but they're, like, near Canada, like, the Ottawa River and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, this story, the youngest sister in this tribe of family is forced by her two older sisters to tend to the village fire for, like, hours. Like, they, even though they're supposed to be doing the job, they force her to do it. And because she's standing by that fire all the time, it causes her hair and her face to burn from the cinder sparks. And so... The powerful and magical chieftain, which is like the complete clan leader, um, he's seeking a wife, but he's invisible. So both of the sisters keep claiming like they know what he looks like, but he's only visible to the rough faced girl because her heart is pure and honest. So she's able to see how he looks. And so eventually she dresses herself in like birch bark a birch bark dress and worn moccasins and finally walks to meet him and he restores her beauty um after he tells her to bathe in the lake and she gets married to him and those were like the four variations i decided to talk about but yeah there's like three thousand so like (laughs) if you there's like french ones there's more french ones there's german ones so yeah at least this one was like slightly different and interesting to talk about because when i clicked on the link for the grim story um it sent me to another website with like 15 other cinderella stories from europe and i swear yeah. they were all the same it was yeah, all the european yeah. ones they they i probably they probably all just ripped each other off they're yeah. they're all like they they're, just, yeah, so yeah. like the german one had like german like 
I guess like cultural things in it or something like that that made sense yeah. like the Dutch one but otherwise it was not as distinctly different as the Native American and the Chinese one hmm so let's go into lasting impact um I'm gonna read some stuff off of this um article on O'Connor slash Cinderella analysis Weebly. Um, but he talks about um the princess syndrome in America and how watching uh I'll read it verbatim for this one, but it says in American society, many young girls and even grown women suffer from princess syndrome every day. A girl who suffers from princess syndrome lives a life of a fairy tale, focusing only on the pretty things, putting herself at the center of the universe and obsessing over her looks, even if it's only headed to the playground. While having young girls watch princess movies can broaden their imagination, it can damage their development into an independent woman. The princess industry can influence young girls' self-esteem, dependence on others, how she takes care of herself, and her self-empowerment. So... As someone who wants to teach kids, I definitely think that the constant depiction of what a princess is and what a princess isn't in media um, definitely impacts little girls. Um, Especially when we as a society have continued to put this thing that like princesses are what little girls should inspire to be. Like, they're their only options. Like, okay, for example, my favorite thing, or a favorite example that we actually use in um, class is that walking into a toy store, there's no reason I should walk into a toy store and there is a evenly divided girls and boys section. There's no reason that I should walk into a toy store and the toys, things that are supposed to help kids imagine their, to broaden their imagination and, um, undoubtedly ends up affecting their personality that is already pre-selected for them and if any children who want to act outside of the norms of society choose things that are not specific for example for their gender then we you know we start to hit a social wall for children at a very young age and i think princess and princess like things have a very big impact on that Mm um i know how excited i was the first time I got to see Brandy Cinderella, yes, I'm calling it Brandy Cinderella. I don't give a fuck who wrote the play. <laughs> it's Brandy Cinderella. But um, I I definitely think as big as Cinderella was to the industry, the as a positive and negative effect on the impact of pop culture in general. Because even though... Um, Cinderella is not the it girl of 2021. Her descendant, which is Elsa, is just the same rendition of her. It's a blonde woman with blue eyes (laughs) who is still, like, the voice of children for a decade. So, like, I definitely think... I I think this was the most children-like movie we've watched so far in Disney. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Marin. I will just keep I was talking. Gonna say, so somebody I was needs to about, stop me. <laughs> I was gonna say, what about Snow White? But uh, no, I still, I still vote Cinderella. Yeah, as being the most. Um, but I definitely also think the whole like <laughs> the stepsisters hating her simply because she's so beautiful might not be the best yeah. message out there. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, also all of the variations of the story and this one, like the whole theme of it was like envy in teaching that like envying somebody will result in like um you know negative consequences for the person who is doing the envying and being mm-hmm. jealous or whatever. Um yeah, that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about its impact on children and stuff because I feel like the damsel in distress thing was even before Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, it's not just on Cinderella. It's definitely not on Cinderella. It's kind of like the princess thing in general. Yeah. Because there's a lot of undertones in this movie. The fact that Cinderella's happiness resides in her getting married. Yeah. And not the Mm -hmm. fact that she's being taken out of a bad situation into a better situation. You know, know, that's why the Cheetah Girl said, I don't want to be Cinderella stuff. (laughs) And, you know, a dark coat seller waiting for somebody to come rescue me. I'm going to rescue myself. And even with the little, like, the little titbacks that they had about Cinderella. I think it's just like the underlining things of um, the patriarchy creating a Disney movie. Like I mean, the patriarchy creating a movie where the main cast is female, because not only does this set up, if we, if for example's sake, if we say that somebody who watches this has princess syndrome or a child that watches this could have princess syndrome, they also learn to start treating girls their age as enemies because of envy. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Like they think yeah. the other girls like will envy, envy them. Yeah, like, yeah. so like say someone yeah. has princess syndrome where they think they're the center of the universe, they'll start to treat um people of probably people of their same gender or women in general as like enemies when most of the time it's not that that unfortunately happens a lot in media where women are the center of the story like they just can't get along and be friends and be happy there has Mm -hmm. to be jealous and envy and a lot of stuff like that quick question tori in the article Mm -hmm. you the guy i think assume it's a guy who wrote the article right whoever the person who wrote the article yeah yeah just the person who wrote it yeah um they mentioned that cinderella the movie like who are they pointing to in the movie that has princess syndrome because i mean you could argue that the stepsisters do but yeah cinderella but i haven't doesn't. watched this movie in a long time but cinderella mm-hmm. truly does not have that kind of like she's not as what do you want to call it regressive as i thought she would be yeah Same. the way they portray her like in other media outside of the movie makes her seem like she was much weaker than she actually was right. when you watch right. the movie yeah so like he also the person also says that um today's culture still values the idea of a physically attractive submissive and passive woman as of right now there's only woman that makes it obviously for girls they do not need a man to save them which is frozen all of the princess movies result in a man or a prince performing some outrageous hero act to get to the princess you know, a girl to pressure to act and look like princesses so they dress a certain way, eat a certain way, even act a certain way, the princess way. They are obsessed with making themselves perfect and they want the best of everything and will not stop until the thing they get even caught to the scene in public. I think this is definitely a specific type of child with princess syndrome. But, right. And, and I also um, think that, the I don't mean to cut you off, but that point you literally just read, um, that's not, Cinderella didn't get saved by the prince like Snow White did, I think. But Cinderella literally the mice broke her out of there because she was nice to them <laughs> like there right. was not That's like true. and also she was kind of she never was even when the fairy godmother was like you can thank me later dear like she would give you smarky comments she's like oh no I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna say that <laughs> like she wasn't like this yeah. flat one note like I feel like people I, after like what Decoria just said I feel like all the media that people associate with her 
after the fact has completely distorted the character that she actually is yeah so it's yeah. weird like cause I when i was watching say, this movie i was like this is not as old timey yeah. as i, I expected think you know? her whole reputation that actually should be that should actually belong to like snow white and sleeping beauty yeah because right. they're yeah. the ones who legitimately like were had to be saved like legitimately had to be saved cinderella the what she basically did was just fall in love with somebody and get married and like yeah. Mia was saying, right. like, yeah, it was the mice who actually like broke her out of the situation. And then also herself by having the shoe. Like Yeah. So And she never and she honestly she just wanted to she wasn't like I gotta go marry the prince. She was just like, I just want to get out of this house. <laughs> I wanna go get dressed up and get go her bag. You know, she didn't right? have to do what she had to do. <laughs> right. Right. She didn't have so any yeah, expectations. I, I think that's an interesting topic that we haven't talked about. Is that how did Cinderella? I guess it's like the acclamation of all the renditions of Cinderella, like outside of Disney's adaptation, like was the, the adaptation of a French a novel. Of telephone, with her <laughs> right? Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's literally what it is. Because now that you mention the renditions, like every rendition after the fact, basically is what people's perception of Cinderella is. Like somebody just being saved. So yeah. yeah, they just distorted her character. Yeah. Maybe it was because um Cinder Snow White she fell asleep, didn't she? And the prince kissed her. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. she got yeah. saved, yeah. And then or Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty was the prick, right? Is that what she is? No, that's that's um isn't that Snow White? The prick of the no, apple. Sleeping the Beauty. Of the apple? So no, Sleeping, no. Sleeping Beauty is the prick. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I think a part of it might have been also because um, Cinderella was a one where nothing mag well okay nothing magical was keeping her where she had to be like in order right. um, mm. she like not saying that you know there were reasons why she couldn't li- leave but you know um, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty literally had an evil magical creature making sure that they would not live live their lives to the best while mm-hmm. as um, Cinderella. It was just um, human stepmom and stepsisters, which, you know, I guess is more relatable. I don't know. But um, yeah, but that might also be why, because if you think about all the adaptations and I'm specifically talking about the Once Upon a Time with Selena Gomez and um, like the all those movies, you know, their characters are supposed to be uh, are supposed to be Cinderella. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all sassy. Like they all they all right. like, um, are sassy characters. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess I still don't I still don't understand why her we think of her as being like weak or whatever. It might be because she couldn't get away from her human parent, her human stepmom and human stepsisters by herself. I guess it's also to the fact that she's one of the older princesses and yeah. often overlooked as having an interesting storyline and well, I mean, when you have the mice doing most of the work, <laughs> it kind of takes away from her uh-huh. impact as a character. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely, because whenever somebody asks my DC princess, Cinderella is never, she's never in, yeah. like, the ranks. And now yeah. I'm going to have to add her, like, because she was, like, a pretty good character, especially for this to be written in the 50s. Like, right. At the peak of, of like, <laughs> like, when I tell you the 50s were just, like, get back in the kitchen, like, why are you not wearing an apron? Like, it's mm-hmm. that's the time we're dealing with. And then, right. you, like, I'm shocked that, like, especially since this, Cinder, uh, Snow White was 37, right? So this is like tw- 13 years after. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I'm shocked that they even attempted to like not make something like Snow White 2. 
or like mm-hmm. just more like oh woe is me because <laughs> like I mean to me Cinderella reads is just like a regular teenager who just kind of wants to go to the party and right. her mom is being trash her stepmom's being trash and won't let her go and is being manipulative and it's like it's like it's it's very down to earth but also exaggerated at the same yeah. time is that make yeah. sense yeah 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 I think I'm glad we have such interesting conversations because like that's so I mean I was expecting to hate this movie honestly same with the track record we had <laughs> with the track record we had so out of the 42 adaptations of Cinderella what are like your favorite top two or three uh, Ella Enchanted, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the one with um, what's that girl's name from Disney Channel? Oh my God, the blonde Smith. Hillary Duff, uh, Hillary Duff, and the guy from One Tree Hill, uh, Chad Michael Murray, Chad Michael- a Cinderella yeah, story, yeah, a Cinderella story, yes, yeah. Mine is probably Ella Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Um, the second Cinderella story was Selena Gomez because I. Um, the music is better because mm. she, and I think that's it. Really, haven't watched that one. And then the third, a Cinderella story, is also decent. So, well, nostalgia wise, I guess. What about you, Nia? And hmm, um, honestly, Brandy Cinderella is the only one I owned ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Hilary Duff a Cinderella story a lot, and uh-huh. there is. I feel like there's one more I'm missing that I can't remember off the top of my head, but those two are like my top two. And honestly, this is going to be ending up higher because I thought that this movie was going to be really right. painful to watch and it wasn't. And I feel like, especially for the time it came out in, I'm giving it more of the benefit of the doubt than I expected to. So of course it's not perfect. Like I don't think any of these early Disney movies could be classified as perfect, but yeah. I'm just like kind of, pleasantly surprised (laughs) what about you tori um if you i mean you're probably new to this podcast but yeah um brandy cinderella is my favorite it's me and my mom's favorite movie i loved um the idea of seeing a black princess because i'm a leo and low-key self-centered so to have a black princess and be like oh i can be a princess too like i was two when this film came out and I remember, I think I remember watching it for the first time. Like I have faint memories of like seeing a black woman on screen and being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so that's my favorite. I also like original Cinderella story, um, but a lot of my other favorite princess movies are like, um, oh god, I just forgot the name of it. But yeah, so I mean, have has anybody watched the the live action remake of Cinderella? I have. It's actually not half bad. Oh, is um you mean the one that came out a few years ago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. It's um oh. Okay, okay. But um I give I actually give Miss Cinderella like an 8. She was actually a really yeah. good character, a pretty decent story. I would have liked less mice and more people. Um the yeah. prince definitely deserved a story arc. <laughs> right. I recommend that you I recommend you watch the third movie because it was actually pretty decent. You can see the the prince's character. Like he has a there's this whole sequence where the mice are trying to talk to him because Cinderella's in trouble. He's like, I'm talking to talking mice. What is going on here? And so like, um yeah, yeah. but Sorry. Cinderella deserves her flowers. Yeah. I'd give her like a seven, you know. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do a, like 
yeah, I would go to like seven slash eight. Like I'd be fine with either of those because it was it was solid. When we watched this movie, I was not complaining. Besides the mice sequences that were pretty long in the beginning, I and the prince lack of <laughs> words, lack of <laughs> dialogue. I I really enjoyed it. Okay, okay. Um, well, that was it for this one. Our next movie is going to be Alice in Wonderland. Ah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, well, if you guys tell us, like, go rewatch the 1950 Cinderella and then come talk to us on Twitter. I want to know what y'all think. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Has Cinderella always been one of your favorites? And we were just sleeping on old sis. Like, let us know what's good. Um, but um, until next time, oh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Commented and TikTok at Commented Podcast. But until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.